Hey guys, I just, this is Melissa. What's up? Um, I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you to everybody who contributed to the Kickstarter or who shared it. She meant to say GoFundMe. Um, I was so touched by how many times it had been shared. Um, and uh, we're going to be okay. And, and the reason we're going to be okay is because of you and people like you. So thank you to my tarot community and to all of our eight listeners. We have a different, we have another one too. Jacob is listening now, but thank you to all of our eight listeners for um, hooking a sister up and for, you know, showing me how tight and wonderful my tarot community really is. So thanks. And thank you to Jamie and Hillary for carrying the weight while I was off being all like languid and exhausting and Victorian. So I have the vapors. That was my official diagnosis. I had the vapors. I was trying um, so hard to be quiet. <laughs> trying to be professional. Like I'm going to do yeah, this shit like This is what anyway. happens when you try and be heartfelt around the other two it's fire just, signs. You guys ruined it. You just fucking, yeah. it's like you kicked over my sandcastle. Anyway, um, I love you guys. We're going to have a lot of uh, more great shows for you. And thank you again to my co-hosts for making things not suck while I was gone. Okay. I love you. Bye-bye. Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. So, um... When I started reading tarot cards, my deck was the first deck that I'd, I'd ever seen. And it was given to me by a friend who had gotten it, I believe, from an auntie. And um, they, you just didn't see them around a lot, you know. And imagine my surprise when a few years later when somebody said, you're so lucky that someone gave you that deck. Otherwise, you, you couldn't have bought one. And I went, I beg your pardon i do what i want stomp my foot and uh they're like no no if you if you buy your first tarot deck it's cursed and you will be cursed and they the, the cards won't work for you because it's supposed to be gifted which is first of all i think the only time i'd ever heard the word gifted used like that ever but you have to be gifted your deck or else it doesn't work or you have to steal it that was something i learned when i was older that was a little addendum to that and I believed it because, you know, like more than one person told me that. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I didn't buy another deck for a really long time. Um, I was gifted one and then I had two decks, but I didn't want buy one for myself because I thought I wasn't allowed to. Uh, any any other people hear this stupid rumor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My, <laughs> yeah. It was funny because um, in junior high, I bought my first deck. You know, <gasps> Center. I know, scandalous. Scandal. But what was funny is that I really didn't use it a whole lot because, again, my little mind was just kind of like, I don't get these keywords and I don't want to fucking memorize 7,800 whatever yeah, it's meetings. Hard. It's hard. But, yeah, in high school, um, a friend of mine from Arizona came up we were like best buds and she was into the occult stuff and she was drawing a deck of her own, not tarot, but something else. And then she was the one that introduced me to all the rumors and, and all the, you know, what we're going to be talking about today, which is all this stuff. And she was just like, you know, you're not really supposed to buy your first deck. And that's probably why it didn't click with you. And so we did go to the store, but she didn't have any money to buy me one. So I gave her my money. And I think she actually bought the deck for me with my nice. own money. But then she was like, That's you awesome. got to wrap it in silk, you know, and it has to be black. 
and we went to, I ended up going to like Joanne's or something and bought like just some raw silk because I'm like, I don't sew. <laughs> you know, why the fuck do I have to do all this stuff? But it's amazing the amount of like mythology or wow. rumor that tarot has been like steeped like tea into. Oh, you, Hill. Yeah, same, same. I mean, my first deck was um, a happy accident because I had bought it as a gift for my mom for her birthday. And she ended up being like, oh, this is great. And (laughs) I was just like so disappointed that she didn't like her gift. But um, she kind of gave it back to me and said, read the cards for me. And so that became my first deck, the Tarot Nova um, in this cute little fortune telling kit that came with a palmistry book as well. And this kind of like pamphlet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I wouldn't recommend the Tarot Nova for, for beginner readers because it's a very like pip kind of looking mm-hmm. deck. So, you know, four wands on a plain background doesn't really tell you much about right. <laughs> what like, four of wands means. Minimalist. So, it's, it's very minimalist. minimalist. It's very yeah. cute, very minimalist. It's adorable. But, it's adorable, yeah. but it's it some of it like like the three of swords is like a turn up with his tops getting cut off by a sword. Oh my and god! Just, like, very uh-huh. sad. You know, I mean, don't cook me in your food. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it doesn't really convey the true heartbreak that the three of swords can sometimes indicate, especially if you're sitting in front of a client. And they I mean, see a cutesy little if turn, you're up. A turn up. That's fucking devastating. <laughs> yes, exactly. But oh, you got the turn up card again. We don't normally read for. Turn- turnups in our in our practices sometimes we do anyway sometimes we do so um but yeah but first <laughs> my first deck was I did buy it I did buy mm-hmm. my first deck it was meant to be a gift for my mom and then it ended up coming back to me so I guess it was a little bit of a loophole there um <clears throat> and I do remember when I was in college going to a new age shop and seeing this big sign on the wall near the tarot decks that said stealing is bad for your karma and basically don't do it. And I, and so I asked the proprietors, I'm just like, why do you have that sign placed near the decks? And they were just like, oh, because there's, there's a myth out there that you have to either be gifted a tarot deck or steal it. And I'm like, that is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. And it's, it's not good karma. Like imagine entering and, and, and it's not, and it's just not true as well. Like imagine taking this divination tool that you're going to use to help people and having its past history or your first interaction be of stealing it. That's not good karma for anyone. So it's not. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's shitty for the proprietor because I know several people who own new age places and bookstores and that sucks because tarot decks are fucking expensive you know even the um uh what is it called the wholesale cost of tarot decks are expensive Mm -hmm. you know and i wouldn't stock them i mean jesus if people are just gonna rip them off but i think that the the cannot buy your first deck thing. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk in a little bit about why these things e- exist. And I think my theory for you can't buy your first deck is that it's some kind of classist bullshit. Um, and that it's trying to limit the field to people who already have decks or keep it in the family, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Gatekeeping. Absolutely. Yeah. Which kind of brings us to the next rumor that terror reading is a closed or Romani practice. Um, and I think that 
most like my family way back is Romani. Um, and uh, according to family legend, like we're from Poland, from a place in Poland where um, folks would camp um, and then before they'd go out on the road again. So it's extremely likely, but I don't, I don't know because we didn't keep any papers because what are papers? But from what I understand, most uh, folks who identify as Roma or Romani um, use playing cards um, and tarot decks don't have jack shit to do. Like the history of tarot decks have nothing to do with that. So that's what I've yeah. learned. How about and you that's, guys? That's what I've heard um, that, I mean, yeah, sure. The rumor was that the Roma people, and I'm not even going to use the slur, were the ones that, you know, did a lot of cartomancy divination because they would go around from camp or town to town in their camps and people would come and they'd get like midwifery help or something. Uh-huh. And, but every research I've done on, on cartomancy and tarot specifically said, so, you know, it points back to Italy as the birthplace of tarot cards for the tarot game, for the trick taking tarot game, uh-huh. not the Roma, not you know, anybody else, <laughs> not even, there's another rumor that, you know, it came from Egypt, uh-huh. you know, and that's another reason why we have, you know, we have that exact same slur perhaps, but again, neither one of those um, cultures didn't have the playing card, you know, or the, the, the paper-based system. So they, you know, if they had access to that, because again, back in those days, paper was expensive and to have nice images on it, you had to have an artist paint, hand paint these things. So only the rich could kind of afford this type of system. So the Roma developed their own systems or had their own tools and techniques to do things. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, essentially it's geography and history. Like mm-hmm. the tarot cards started in 14th century Italy in France, you know, and whether or not they were used by folks, that's fine. They were also used by the nobility and there, you know, tarot came along as a game first and yep. was used by people like Jamie said, who could afford games because it's paper. So, yeah. So that's another one. Um Hillary, what else? What have what have you heard? Oh my goodness! Well, we're, we're working you from a, <laughs> we're working from a list that's like mm-hmm. ooh thirteen. Unlucky or lucky 13. Um, so we covered it a little bit before the must wrap your deck in silk, which is, you know, just kind of horse shit. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> it is, it really is. You know. but that's what people tell each other. And it has yeah. to be silk, raw silk. It can't be a bag or, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, you know, some, some truth to that. Yes. You want to keep, you know, your decks safe. You want to keep them protected so they don't get like all the water destroyed on it or your pets chewing on it. If you know, the, or the edges or the dinged. Yeah. I mean, right. well, I mean but, you know, foxed. the edges, yeah, the, the end, the ends get foxed or dinged anyway, when you use them, Yeah, if you don't know how to shuffle properly, et cetera. Or excuse me, if you're just rough on your cards, hello, I know how to <laughs> shuffle properly and I fox the fuck out of my decks. But yeah, I, I mean, it, and it's not, I, I just remember like at 14 reading, you should keep them in silk and thinking I live like in a farm country out in, you know, I'm country is a biscuit. There's no fucking silk in my house. I don't have any money. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's another form of gatekeeping. Um, and <laughs> it's a way if you, if you hold these things as precious then people will be less likely to use them because they're intimidated by mm-hmm. why are you giggling dimples? I'm just <laughs> I'm just laughing. I'm laughing because I'm remembering 
what I put my first deck in. And nope. I, re- I remember going to Hot Topic. Kind of we all like nice. remember Hot Topic. Yep. A little- the gates of hell is what we, we used to call it. Now they're the, right? the, the right? gates of heck. The way they that's, that's what we say we go walk by to, hot topic nowadays in, the, in, the, in 2020 2021 and we're like oh look it's the gates of heck and i miss that's when awesome. they were the gates of hell that's where i got most of my clothes and exactly 90s early i love 2000s. it I love exactly it. I'll, I'll still take a spin in there i love i love it there but i remember finding an altar cloth that was like kind of like mm-hmm. a crushed velvet facsimile altar cloth and i used that and i wrapped i wrapped up my deck in that because it looked it looked fancy it looked pretty i knew it wasn't silk but you know i too fell prey to this mythos this rumor that you had to wrap it in silk and Mm -hmm. i mean to to a point there have been decks in the past that they come in these cardboard boxes and the cardboard boxes are so goddamn flimsy that you end up it they end up disintegrating on you to begin with boxes tuck boxes the tuck boxes tuck boxes the tuck boxes yes or decks that don't even have them in the past they used to never even come with them and then it was like well, what the fuck? How do I carry these around in my purse or my backpack? I mean, am I supposed to carry them precious into my hands? Like I've got a little bee in there yes, or something? Yeah, should. yes, exactly. So, so you know, when I started to learn like, oh, this is kind of bullshit. Okay. But I did understand that the tuck boxes were very flimsy. Then I just started like either finding um, like makeup bags or crochet bags. By the way, if you subscribe to Ipsy, those Ipsy bags fit a tarot deck exactly. And I'm already using my first one (laughs) for the Scorpio Sea Tarot. So, but, but, you know, Cha-ching, uh, Scorpio <laughs> C. Tarot from um, Maggie Steve Otter and uh, Melissa Snova. <clears throat> anyway. Um, oh, cute. But but it makes it makes sense that the pl- packaging is flimsy to transfer your cards into something that is more durable than that, um, or even like a wooden box as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes certain certain decks or certain people will have a woodworker or wood carver in their life, and if if a deck is really something that they resonate with that they keep on the their altar, they'll put the deck into that wooden box and close the wooden box and keep that on their altar. But again, you don't have to do any of this stuff. It is simply, it's simply rumors. These are simply mythos that we're trying to myth bust today. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, it's not even myth busting. It's just like, let's have these discussions because sometimes it's fun. Yeah. It's sure. It's fun to um, be able to wrap it in black silk if you have that ability or, you know, take care of your stuff in a certain way. One of the ones I can't remember, I think the same friend that we went down to the metaphysical store in the early, I think, God, I think it was 91 that I got the handle. That was my that true first used using deck. Ooh, she also recommended so to sleep with it under your pillow. And I will admit to this. I will full on admit I've done that. Heck, last night. <laughs> I, after I did my daily draws, because I do them at night, I laid down to do some reading or just like book reading and with my TENS unit. And um, when I went to fall asleep, I forgot to put the dang deck back on the shelf. So in a way, yeah, I have slept with my decks, whether they've been Ooh. under my pillow or next to me. But it's not like the tarot is going, yeah, oh, I know, it's, <laughs> it's scandalous. But again, it's the tarot isn't going to talk to you in your sleep, not until you really work with the cards 
understand the images you know, if, if you do like, like in high, in college or high school, when you studied really hard for a test, there were times where, you know, like I started dreaming in Spanish because I was so in, uh, immersed and steeped into it. When you do that with the tarot, then you might start having the dreams and the discussions with the images on the card, but it's not going to like go from zero to pro overnight. If you've got it under, it's not, not going to work by os- osmosis. Yeah. Oh, it could. No, and, <laughs> okay. And so you're the special case, Melissa. <laughs> I think I've never, okay. I've never slept with cards under my pillow because my anxious ass would be I was I was like because I read that I heard that I was like oh crap how am I gonna do so I just put it on my nightstand and it's like a practice you're supposed to follow at least this is what I heard back in the day that you start with the fool and you you put it under your pillow and you go down the major arcana and and you sleep with one under your pillow every night and then journal about it the next day I think I got three cards in and I forgot wow it never did it again and I have to tell you not to like blow smoke up my own ass but I'm pretty good at reading tarot cards anyway Mm-hmm. So I don't know that it was necessary, if you will. That that takes that whole kind of myth <laughs> even deeper. Because, yeah, it takes it to the next level. Because I never even thought about sleeping with just one card. I decided to sleep with all 78. So I guess... Slut. Totally. Yeah, I guess I am kind of a little bit of a terrorist. <laughs> slut. I love it. When we, when we were discussing this before we uh, started recording, I just had this vision of the princess and the pea with like the 50 mattresses yeah. and the tarot deck underneath it and she can still feel it. So like for me, I'm kind of a quasi insomniac. It's very, very hard for me to get to sleep normally anyway. I don't need a bundle of 78 cards underneath yep. my neck or my head mm-hmm. because then I'm just not going to be able to get to sleep at all. So yeah. that's just me. <laughs> man, I'm doing it wrong. I'm like, I grew up poor, man. I, I don't, I don't want to damage my deck. Like that costs money, you know? Yeah. I'm never going to do anything to put my cards at risk. So, you know, I think we're doing it wrong. You know, Hillary's got a good point. You know, we, maybe we're supposed to put them under our butts or feet or something since, <laughs> you know, maybe. putting it under the head or net's going to hurt us. Pushing I don't it. know. Pushing I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, my theory is let's just, let's just go ahead and keep the cards out of bed. Unless you're just reading with them Unless you're reading with them and fell asleep. <laughs> right. Totally legit, Jamers. Yeah. And I actually did that the other day. I had them in a bag, an Ipsy bag. Miss Hillary. And um, Ipsy, I did please them. sponsor us. Um, I was just saying, we're not sponsored by them. <laughs> we should totally get a sponsor. Um, but um, I was, I did, I do readings on my bed when my husband is home. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, and um, yeah, I forgot to take it off the bed and fell asleep. And then boom, there it was. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I've actually nice. slept with the deck in the bed but it was in a zippered makeup pouch. Now, quick segue to another of our rumors that mm-hmm. we're talking about. That was a great if segue. you have... Good job. <laughs> by, by denoting the segue, I'm going to segue. <laughs> um, <laughs> if... If you have damaged your cards by sleeping with it uh, with it under your pillow or, God forbid, you have wine spilled on it or water spilled on it, if you damage your deck, you're cursed. Oh, yeah. I've heard that, too. I've, well, there's so well, many then ways we're to- all freaking <laughs> cursed. We're, okay, right. we're all fucked. There is a woman who in 1999 or 2000 spilled a cup of wine all over my brand new Shadowscapes tarot deck. She's <gasps> clearly going to hell. I was so goddamn <laughs> mad. 
Oh my God. I can still remember what she looks like <laughs> and her, cause I was like, Hey, I don't just be careful with that. She's like, I'm, I'll be fine. And then she gestured and it went goosh. And I, it's like playing over in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like it's 20 some years ago. And I'm like, and then it, she was wearing this really awful, like peach colored dress. And like, and then she goes, Oh my God, are you so mad at me? And I'm like, yeah, I am. That's like the worst. <laughs> I have feeling. to leave now. Cause I only had one deck with me and I'm fucking working a party. I was there for an hour and I had to leave. Yes, like if you happen to work oh. at parties, take multiple decks if you have that. Well, I know that now. <laughs> See, and I even now I've Learn never done that. from our mistakes. The Learn. Thing is, is, sometimes when I go to parties, I only bring the one deck because I don't oh. want to, you know, because it's heavy. You know, sometimes bringing your whole, you know, five million card collection is heavy. However, when I go outside or do readings that I know people are going to have drinks, I bring plastic cards that mm-hmm. can withstand the drink. See, I'm just a bitch. I'm like, do not put that beverage on my table. Yeah. I, I because this deck costs $65 and yeah. I love it and I will kill you. The other thing I've done, um, well, reading. My, <laughs> my decks tend to retire themselves with water bottles. It doesn't matter which water bottle I use, how tight I keep that lid on, whether or not it's in a separate bag. Somehow when I get home out of, you know, if it's at a party or something, the, the deck will get wet. And I'm just like, okay, I know we've talked about it, you know, and, and again, you know, rumor has it, a lot of us talk to our decks, I know I do, but, um, you know, uh, the decks usually tell me when they re- want to retire, and if I don't do it fast enough, then they find a way to get they, water they, on they them. Dive, they dive into they, water. Yeah, yeah they suicide themselves let, or something. To let you know that they're done. Dark. Dark. Um, so what do you do with damaged decks though? Like, can you, okay. can you still, if you lose a card or if you damage a card, you can't use the deck ever again. That's yes. another so myth. many fun That's things. Thing. I okay. love this one. I used to think that this was true because someone told me it was. And if honestly, if a bunch of people tell you that something is true, you believe it. Like, especially if you're learning about a practice or something and um, you feel kind of dominant because you don't have a really good education in that practice. So, of course, we're like, oh, my God, I can't buy my first deck. Of course, we thought that. But as far as like if if OK, so I have a tarot deck that has a it's it's all like Hollywood people. And there's a deck with Carrie Fisher and Jabba the Hutt in it. And Carrie Fisher signed that card for me. So that deck exists without the devil card. And I called, what you can do is you can call the publisher and say, hey, can I get this card? And generally, if it's a, if, you know what, I won't even say if it's a big box publisher, but uh, generally the publisher will send you a copy. And if it's an indie publisher, I've paid like seven bucks to have a card replaced before because Robin Ator is an artist who did the Prairie Tarot. And I think my, my dog chewed up the hermit or something. And I emailed Robin and he said for, you know, seven bucks for shipping and stuff because it's overseas, I'll totally help you out. And it was really nice. Um, But then I contacted the person who did the one with Carrie Fisher in it. And they were like, I'm not making any more of those. So you have to buy a whole deck. So it'll be $35. And I was like, no. So if I use that deck, which I do sometimes, I just use it without the devil card. And what happens is the other cards compensate for that loss. Yeah, I've never not been able to use a card. Now, if there are like five cards missing, eh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't know if I would use a deck with five cards missing, but with like one to one to four, I guess is my totally arbitrary number. <laughs> um, I would absolutely one hundred percent 
use it without a card because it's, it's, these are my tools. And if I decide, like, there's this really great book called The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. And in it, one of the characters is playing a lute and then his string breaks and he starts playing the lute with five strings and then another breaks and he learns how to play it with four and then another breaks and another. And he gets down to like, I think two strings and he can still, it's still a lute. He can still make it play music. You just have to adjust your expectations of the tool and learn how to handle it accordingly. So that's how I feel. Um, some of the things I've done with decks, because to me, it is, it's, it's a physical object. It's, it's as sacred as you want to be. Yep. And when, when my decks retire, I'll take the, the not so crinkly wetted, you know, pieces of paper. I'll, I'll put those in the trash, the really bad ones that have been destroyed, but the ones that aren't, that might just have a stain or two, I'll put that in a big bag um, that says tarot and, or keep calm and tarot on nice and then i take those to my classes or to conferences and let people draw from it and that's like a card of the day or I even do readings at nike over on halloween um because I live in, and i let all um my partner's people pull you know a card and i let them keep it and some some of them actually still have those cards displayed i mean you can make art stuff out of it i've made um like um, bound books, bound journals out of those out of those cards. There are so many things so you can clever. do. You can but, use them like in a tarot journal. You can yeah. paste them on the pages of a tarot journal. You can like, use them so as spells. Stuff you can, you can yeah, you can rip them up as spells because I do a lot of tarot based spells. I'm not going to destroy one of my working decks or one of the decks that like you can't like you said, Melissa. You can't get card replacements anymore. Right. Instead, I'm going to take the exact same number of that, or even just write the thing down or rip it up if I need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, use but it I, as your spell casting deck instead and like take take the like the empress card put it on put a candle on top of it let the wax strip it down onto it you know like oh Oh, i think we have a story sorry no i just the image of trying to get wax off a tarot card i just can't so make sure you're not going to use it anymore right exactly (laughs) yeah like that that's what we're saying you can you can repurpose your decks for art for magic for a million other different things. Yeah. And if you choose to still read with it, you can still read with that tarot deck. It's the yeah. power you comes from within have to you. Bury it. Like I heard somewhere that you had to bury it whenever Some you were done with do the that. deck. I had a friend and that I'm buried like, That's hers. So not good with for the environment with all the dyes and inks in that. Yeah. Like ugh, just recycle it for fuck's sake. The funny I mean, thing about man. burying decks is that I had somebody actually do that, but it was more to reset the deck. So they buried it. But with the plan to bring it back to, you know, it was like a zombie deck. Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, as I'm wearing my cupcake (laughs) zombie T-shirt, you know, it's like, yes. But again, this is also going back to our next like our next point. I love how everything's kind of segueing and that we're all pointing them out. You know, another comment is or rumor is that tarot is precious and you must treat it as a divine object. I mean, tarot to some people is art and that's all it's going to be. They're not even going to read it. And to some people, it's a tool. Yeah. And it's technically, it's just 78 pieces of paper with pretty images on it. So again, you can make it as spiritual as you want. You can make it as art collectory as you want. I've got friends that like um, Welcome to Night Vale and Night Vale has a couple of decks and Mm -hmm. they wanted one of those decks and I happened to have um, a second one that somebody donated to me for like whatever reason and I sent it down to them and then they they put it up on their wall as art. They weren't going to read with it. They just made it into art. Yeah. Yep. I think the thing is, is that it's, 
it's it can be used it's as precious as you want it to be and it's as sacred as you want it to be and there is a deck that i keep my um my shadowscapes deck actually the replacement that i got after that woman <laughs> spilled her goddamn wine on it i'm still pissed about it um that i keep in a in a wooden box and it's wrapped in cloth and the reason that i keep it in that box is because my friend mary gave me that deck and she's really special to me and that box was given to me by my cousins and they're very special to me that's it that's as sacred as that mm -hmm. shit gets i keep it in the box because the people who gave it to me are special mm -hmm. but uh, most of mine like hillary said most of mine are in makeup bags and like they need to be practical because I have working decks, you know, and the rest that aren't working um, and aren't in bags are on shelves like books because books are also tools. But if you want to get all sacred with yours, do that. That's great. But don't tell people that they have to do that. That's why the rumor thing, I think that's why we wanted to talk about this is because it's such a gatekeeping shitty thing to do to someone putting all of these false expectations on somebody who just wants to learn divination and putting all of these like restrictions around it that make it more complicated than it has to be and more fear involved than it has to be. You should be delighted to read tarot. You should be Word. excited. You should be thrilled to purchase your own deck. Mm. You should be so excited to walk into that store and pick out your own deck and buy it. Or you sleep with the cards if you want to. Them. Yeah. Yes. Or if you with them. In, yeah, exactly. And instead of that, we have all of these stupid ass old rumors that are ruining the experience for new folks. So new folks, don't listen to anyone else. Listen to us yes. because we're really smart and we never, ever see anything wrong. And we never screw up our readings or anything. No, never. no, 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 never. Never, even, even though we've had past episodes where we talk about Shh. bad readings. Hillary, but, you maybe know. they hadn't heard that one. What? You're maybe telling them about the sausage. Stop telling them about how the sausage is made. No. Oh, God. Have you guys ever made sausage? It's fucking disgusting. Yes. Oh, God. You know, okay, oh, so scraping I... Scraping out the casing. Oh. My mind I do went not, to another place. I do not. Yeah, of like, course, oh, of it, course did. it did. I do not like touching <laughs> raw meat at all. And I'm, I made That's bacon she said. the other day. That and I'm just like, oh my God, it's so Because you squishy. get made fingers. All right, oh, we're going off on a tangent. Yep. Tangent, Sorry. Tangent. Okay. But no. here's, the, here's, the, okay. here's another thing. Here's another thing, it's though, about, about sausage or cards. No, it's about <laughs> cards. It's about buying cards. So like the whole concept of like, you, you cannot buy your first deck. It must be gifted to you. Like, there is some, you know, something to be said about connection. If you might not connect to that deck that you get gifted. And when I talk to my tarot clients that start to become interested in reading cards for themselves, I tell them what, um, what an important step it is to go and pick out your first tarot deck and have your intuition guide you to the imagery and everything, because um, if you if you see the images on the cards and they don't resonate for you, how the hell are you going to read for yourself? How the hell are you going to read for somebody else if you cannot see your life in the cards yep. or another person's yep. life in the cards? There is a great article, Rashonda uh, or Rash uh, is Stay Woke Tarot. And she has a fantastic article called Please Don't Let Anyone Buy Your First Tarot Deck. And it is exactly about this. It is exactly about somebody giving you a tarot deck and, and it doesn't resonate with you. And then you think that you can't read tarot. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. I hated the Rider Waite Smith when, when I started getting into more tarot study. At the beginning, I was just like, I, I, these images, they don't mean shit to me. They're too archaic. They're still old. 
And my next deck that I read professionally with was the Vertigo Tarot, you know, the the Sandman deck. That's awesome. It's dark. It was more gothy. It was me. It has literally, you know, Neil Gaiman's death as the death card. And I read for that for years. I came back to the Rider-Waite-Smith now that I can appreciate it. And, you know, I understand it a little bit more about all the old dead white guy, you know, mysticism and shit in it. But if you're a kid or, <laughs> you know, no, dawn. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> if you can't understand all that BS, find something that connects to find you on an artist. Yeah, the you. Shadow Scapes Tarot is perfect for fantasy or, you know, the darker decks for those that want to be more gothy. There's something out there for everyone. And I'm not exactly. I'm not going to bar anybody from buying a deck or tell them that that's a rule. I mean, you can't buy your decks because Jesus, goddess knows how much money I've dumped into decks over, you know, 20 to 30 At years. least 100 bucks. Oh, God. Um, I, I, what is I'm, another one? That oh. scares me. Yep, a lot more. <laughs> so, a I just tell, like, I tell Joe and the kids, I'm like, when I die, please resist the urge to list all of my tarot cards on Etsy or, or eBay. Research that shit. Because some of these are really old and are going to make a lot of money. So go travel with the money that you get from cashing out my tarot mm-hmm. collection. But for the love of God, check for signatures. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Mm. Or I will haunt you. You Very know, it's true. funny. I, I asked Robert and Joe, do you, do you guys want me to haunt you after I die? And Robert, quick as a flash, said, no, just stay down there. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, he doesn't want you like hovering over Thanks, the bed pal. going, you know. Stay down there. He's not only implying that he doesn't want to see me, but that I'll be in hell. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> no, right, I got what's that. Another one? Um, um, you can't touch somebody else's deck. Yes. I mean, this one if is you a. touch mm, mine without asking, you're going to pull back a bloodied stump. That's Cons- what we're consent getting. Consent is sexy. Yes. Exactly. Consent, consent is sexy. Yes, you can if you have permission from the owner uh-huh. of that deck. I will say that same though, thing and, with crystals, mm-hmm. same thing well, with for any of the hodgepodge that's on their altar or their reading table. Do not pick up that big quartz point and start fiddling with it uh, without asking. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it's anything in the house, really. I mean, if you're being invited into somebody's office or, you know, workspace, don't touch anything. However, what I like about the reality of this, you know, rumor or myth or rule is that in, in our pandemic age, it's better that you tell people to not <laughs> touch your deck. Again, you know, if they ask for it, you can deny either way. But right now, I'd rather say, oh, I believe in that myth. Don't touch my deck because I don't know when they last washed their hands or if they if they cough in front of me and then reach for a deck. I'm not going to fucking hand that shit and over to them. also, they'll put it in order. Like, because yeah, I read reversals. Break up reversals. Oh, my God. Oh, that's just infuriating. Um, oh. Speaking I, of I, I yeah. ask people first, like, can I, um, you know, I'll, 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 you know, can I twist it up and then twist it back? And that's what I'll do. Like, but again, that's if I get a permission <sighs> for a reversal deck to, you know, look at it upright and then up, turn it back. Just like, I, look on Melissa's face I just, right now. You should really, like, I, this is going out to our seven listeners. I just, I just need all of, <laughs> all seven of you to know if you fucking touch my deck without asking, I will not be polite to you. Those days are gone. I have had too many days of people sitting down and grabbing my shit, dropping them, um, spilling shit on them, uh, bending them, bending them or shuffling them so hard that they, Oh fuck. So the days just, just I'm letting the universe know and everyone, all seven of you listening, if you touch my cards without asking, 
I will not be polite. And usually I'm polite. So what you hear on this in this on this broadcast is polite. So imagine all of that filter gone. Um, what filter? Don't touch my sh- <laughs> Don't touch my shit. Yeah. It's oh god, nothing. If you, uh, ugh. would you walk up if a jeweler was making something and just grab their hammer? Would you bother a doctor when they were doing surgery? No. No. But you would reach your hand across the table and mess with somebody's fucking tools while they're working. Oh my god. Oh, I'm having to come apart. You guys talk about the next one. I'm just okay. <laughs> um, well, you oh. said you said about putting it back and putting it upright. So one yeah. of the myths or rumors is you have to read reversals. Do you have to read reversals, ladies? No. no. I I in my um personal practice or my professional practice, I don't read reversals. There it is. Partially because again, I mean I've said this over and over on the show because online on camera it's harder to read a reversal than it is upright you know or in you know, again in it, it's i also don't want to memorize everything and there's so many nuances to a card that sometimes as melissa's pointed out if she's reading with decks that don't have cards the card the other cards will compensate for a reversal or for a negative thing and sometimes reversals mm-hmm. yeah you see it sometimes mm-hmm. the reversers do not mean negative things they mean adjustments or nope. turns of a phrase so i don't do them however when i'm reading them for myself which gasp is another kind of rule you're not supposed to do that i will often sometimes play with reading reversals again though i it it depends on <laughs> what side of the bed i've woken up in the morning and you know how how i'm feeling Yep. Right. But to have try like, it. Try yeah. it for yourself yeah. and see if it works for you. I personally like to read with reversals because I like to see I I'd like to see that visual that like here you go. It's upside down. That means something else. Like I'm a very visual person and sometimes I'm I'm clairvoyant. I will get images. I will see things that aren't there. So like that to me works well with how I receive um, intuitive information. But for other people, they feel that reversed energy or they feel that miscommunication or that blockage or that yeah. reversed meaning. And they don't need the visual of the reversal. Exactly. And I read reversals because the book that I had, the only book I had to teach me tarot said I had to. And so here I was, a brand new reader, forcing myself to read whatever twice times 78 is. Um, instead of just learning 78 cards, I had to learn um, 156. I just totally used my calculator to do that. Um, and that just made everything harder. And then, of course, the the, the first spread that they tell me is the Celtic cross that yeah. has 9,000 cards in it. And I have to memorize them both ways and in the Celtic cross. Fuck me. Seriously. If it's I only were 10 such cards, a by the way. lonely loser. <laughs> but there's so many 9, combinations because again, you know, the, Cel- the 10 it's positions so with whatever. Hard. Yeah. And that almost killed it for me in, in junior high. I mean, I was just like, how the fuck am I going to memorize this and shit? Imagine how much easier it would have been when I was like, Jamie, this is how you read tarot cards. You only use three cards until you're comfortable using six and don't worry about reversals because they're hard. 
And that would have been like, oh, I can. Thank you. And then I'd probably gone off running <laughs> or even been told if you're beginning, just look at a card and see what message it has for you. You don't exactly. even have to wait multiples down. Well, I mean, oh, I've so learned, I've learned now that I don't, I don't teach the Celtic cross right out of the gate yeah. because I re- I remember learning it and being like, oh, I have to do this. Like, yeah. and again, this is like the, really the theme of the episode. It's all the things that you think that you have to do that you don't have to do, or all right. the things that you don't have to do that you should do, or maybe it's a good idea to experiment with it and see what works for you. But I definitely teach my tarot students one card, Yes. Part of the day practice, one card, mm-hmm. then two card combinations, then three cards. Now we can talk about different spreads. Now we can try and tackle the Celtic cross because the Celtic cross can have a lot of card combinations within it. It can be yeah. like, okay, the, like if you really break down the Celtic cross, and by the way, Teresa Reed, the tarot lady, has a really wonderful blog series about breaking down the Celtic cross to, to make it more understandable if you are interested in that. But even like the first two cards where you have like the significator card or the current current situation and then the crossing card on top, that's a, like a mini one, two card reading in yes. and of itself, you know? And the, learning how to tell stories. Right. You're learning how to tell stories with the cards and you cannot tell a story by looking at the whole thing at, as a, as an entire story, like as an entire thing, you tell stories in parts, beginning, mm-hmm. middle and end. And if you're handed this gigantic, there are at least 9,000 cards in the Celtic cross. <laughs> if you're handed this gigantic spread it seems and told that, that way, there's yes. <laughs> two ways that you can read each card, Jesus Christ. It's just yeah. too much. It's yeah. So it's way, the last one, okay. <laughs> the last one we're going to talk about, you guys. And then we got to go. Is that um, the fate revealed in the tarot is unavoidable? Ooh. It's unavoidable. Come on now. No, it's not. That's stupid. Um, the thing <laughs> that I when I do readings, I do a six card reading first, and the last one I call the pivot card because everything pivots on your decision, what you're going to do with the information I give you. Mm. So free will is a thing. And everything relies on your free will. So I have told people before, yeah, it looks like you're going to get a divorce because you're cheating on your partner. However, if you knock it off, you have a choice here. If you knock it off, maybe you guys work things out. Maybe maybe it happens. Maybe you come clean and you work it out. But it's entirely up to you. Entirely up to you. Maybe you keep cheating and you get caught and then you get you know your ass tossed out. It's up to you. Everything is up to you. Tarot will show you how to go a specific way. What happens if you keep going the way that you're going? You can even use tarot to show you what happens if you change up a thing or two here or there. But it's not, it doesn't dictate your future. You do. The way I get around the idea that the fate is unavoidable is that, well, when you're getting a reading or giving yourself the reading, doesn't that change it? Because you are, are, you know, getting insight from your higher self, the gods, the devil, whoever you, you know, decide is giving you this information, that's changing your path. That is either putting that idea of a paradox in your way, or you're receiving the information that's telling you that, hey, tomorrow you're going to trip over a stone and maybe break your ankle. Yep. So, in it, so you be careful, more careful tomorrow. So you don't trip over it or it happens later on, you know? Yeah. So it, but I love Melissa's comment that it, it really is 
the free will. We all have free will. We can mm-hmm. take the tarot reading, all the advice and live by it. Or we can say, hey, you're full of shit, reader. I'm going to continue yep. on my own path. And I think yeah. sometimes the best readings are the ones that are that oppose what you want, because then that just sets a fire underneath you, mm. you know? Yeah, the the one of the one of the best reading experiences I probably have ever gotten was the reading experience that was the worst reading experience where the reader told me and this is like when I was like 12, 13, so they probably shouldn't have been reading for me from the start because <laughs> I was just too young and I didn't understand what I was asking right. for, but um they said that I would die young, that I would move oh from God. relationship to relationship, oh. um that I would never be never be married or whatever and like like they were specific, like, like you won't make it past your like 27th birthday or whatever. And, and it's just like, and people are horrified when, when I say this and I'm just like, but, but I'm here to say I'm turning 40 next year or this year, sorry, geez, in a couple of months, I'm turning 40, you know, I've been married to my husband for five years and we've been together for, I think over 13 years now. So it's just like, like the, the kinds of readings like that, I love those readings. Cause it's just like, good, prove me. Like I'll prove you wrong, right. you know? So mm-hmm. I, I do really resonate when you're saying like it can light a fire underneath mm-hmm. you. Um, and what I say to my clients when they talk about fate and they talk about, oh, it's, it's written in stone, you know, I can't change it. Like then when the, why the hell would you ever get a tarot reading ever. if you can't change it yeah. or ever. mitigate the circumstances? Now, like I have had readings or I've done readings for other people, for myself, and, and I don't know whether or not that is fated, whether you can change the circumstances or not, but I know for me personally, like my, my father un- unfortunately died three years ago unexpectedly. And I asked the cards and I got the judgment card. Now the judgment card is not normally a card that I associate with death, but that particular moment, that particular symbol that I was seeing, I saw that he wasn't going to make it. Now, does that tell me something or does that tell me something to prepare myself all a tarot reading does is either you gives you what might possibly happen based on the current pattern, past gives rise to the present, present gives rise to the future. Either you're able to avoid or you're able to mitigate the circumstances or you're able to be better prepared to navigate that energy. Those are the three things. Otherwise, what the hell is a tarot reading for? Why would you ever get a tarot reading if you can't prevent or mitigate or prepare? It's also something that cold readers use to get clients to come back to them. They'll say some crazy shit like... Um, you are, you have a curse in this, this relationship is cursed and I'm the only one who can help you break it. So if you give me X amount of dollars for a fucking sacred candle, or if you come back to me, or if you take me on as your, this is all shit that I've heard, by the way, as a reader, people try to pull this shit on me. This has happened like in Portland. This happened in Portland where somebody lost $20,000 from one of these charlatan readers and they give people like the three of us a bad name and it pisses me off. They use the rumors like this to keep to keep um, tarot reading a sacred or close practice. So you can't buy your own deck. You can't read for yourself. Um, you have to have silk. You have to have all of these structures in place so that the only people who can read are these fucking thieves who are, oh, they make me so mad. Um, 
disingenuous bastards who will steal money from people and use tarot to take advantage. So this is why we wanted to do the rumors episode also because I wanted to go rumor has it. Um, but we, we wanted to make sure that you guys know that these things are not true. Um, your tarot, your relationship with your tarot cards is yours and yours alone. And you define, <laughs> ma'am, Lucy has <laughs> very strong feelings about this. You define your relationship with tarot period end of sentence thank you so much for joining us uh, at cardslingers coast to coast you can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com and please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com we'll see you next time